0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, well, great to see everybody. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, uh, my name is Samuel, and it's just one of the, the greatest honors of my life to get to serve you guys here at Life West uh, I'd absolutely love the, the opportunity to meet you, so after service, stick around and let's, let's say hi. We'd absolutely love that. And we're in a series this morning, and we're going to jump right into it, and we're in Ephesians. And if, if you're just joining us, hey, uh, you, welcome, welcome. But we're going through the book of Ephesians. It's a small book, about six chapters. Um, and if you're like, man, I, I, I've missed a few weeks, it's okay. We're only at verse 19 of chapter one, okay? okay, <laughs> you, you, you can catch right up. Uh, but Overachievers, please feel free to jump in, read ahead, look, read Ephesians a couple of times, you'll have time to do it. Um, And just kind of looking at this, but we're looking at Ephesians and seeing really kind of going through it verse by verse. So some things to remember about the Bible in general is what we believe is that number one is that God authored it, but man wrote it. That the Bible itself was written over a span of about 1,500 years, that God used some 40-ish to write the book of the Bible that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians was written by a man named Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, so it was authored by God, written by Paul to a group in Ephesians, and really to some new Christians. So he's explaining, he's making known what it means to be a Christian. Have you ever just not understood something before? Okay. It's kind of like, there's just some things that I just don't understand, plain and simple. One of the things I do not understand is how our shipping, like like packages, work. Because here's what it is. Just think about this with me real quick. You bring a package. If I bring a package to you, and I'm like, hey, I'd like you to deliver this for me. You're probably going to charge me, right? Some money? Just hold on, hold on. I give you this, and I'm like, okay. So say you charge me $10, and then I ask, all right, I want you to deliver this to Jason's house. You're like, all right, I give you the address. You're like, okay, I'll do it. But wait a second. This is some really valuable water, so what happens if you don't deliver it? And then you look at me and you say, well, nothing, because you didn't buy insurance. I'm like, wait a second, didn't I just pay you to deliver it? Well, yes, you did, but that's just to pay to get it there, not to pay that I will do it. Well, what did I pay you for? To get it there. But what happens if you don't? Well, did you buy insurance? well, didn't I already pay you to get the package there? Well, yes, but we won't guarantee that it'll get there or get there in one piece unless you pay for insurance. I don't get that. It's like, well, then shouldn't that be all part of it that, that when I pay you to do something, you'll do it or like if you break it, you'll fix it? Like that, it, it boggles my mind. You guys are like, no, that's just how This it is. It shouldn't be that way. It just, mm, it gets me. I don't understand how I can pay you to do something, and if you don't do it, there's no recourse unless I pay you more to do the thing that I paid you to do. Okay, it's just, I just don't understand it. Well, what Paul's doing is he's really unpacking really what it means and the difference, the impact, what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God to a group. It's written to a group of believers. And we're at verse 19, as we're going to jump back in, and this is really a prayer that Paul has written down, that he's praying for you, for me, for the Ephesians. And in verse 19, he says this, I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Now, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in heavenly place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. He's praying, he's like, I pray that you understand this. Because if you don't understand it, you're not gonna know how it works, you're not gonna know how to use it. It is not going to work. We have, it's just the way it is. So, several weeks ago, Jason came over, it was bunny season, so we went to go out hunting. And I'm like, let's just go see if we can get some. Let's go. Let's go see if we can get some rabbits. He's like, absolutely. So we 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 go, and, and he wasn't really planning on it. So he he borrowed one of my guns, and it was actually some, a gun that I kind of just just got, hadn't really shot it a whole lot. He's like, where's the safety on it? I'm like, I don't know. Just it, maybe it doesn't have one. It's an older gun. I don't know. Let's go. So so we go out hunting, and we're out rabbit hunting. So we're just stepping on every pile of brush trying to find rabbits. And I'm like, there's not a, there's no rabbits around here. There's, there's just no rabbits. Well, finally, we're, we're almost done, and, and there's, there's this one little clump of brush and snow stuff. I'm like, it doesn't really look like much, but I'll, I'm like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this. So I kick it, and a bunny comes out, which is the whole point of this, right? So this bunny comes running out, and I'm like, yeah, and it runs right over by Jason. And I'm like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot shoot, shoot shoot it, shoot it. And he's like, hey, what the safety's on? I can't do it. And he's like, ah! and the bunny, and there was snow, and so the bunny's like slow motion hopping, like, because it has to go up through the snow and then back down. And I'm like, ah! Jesus like, I can't figure it out. Okay, and we're like, that was the only bunny we saw the whole time. We didn't take the time to just look and be like, okay, figure out a gun that hadn't been used before. Okay, this is what it is, and this is what it isn't. And so we were just super safe, <laughs> a little too safe. The bunnies were safe. Everything was safe. But what you and I, what we should not do is skip over. We need to know, and Paul's praying, he's like, I pray that you would understand, that you would grasp this. And what we're doing today is we're continuing where we picked up last week. If you missed last week, um, please, please listen, get the podcast, jump online, go to YouTube, watch the sermon, whatever you need to do, because to, we're going to jump right in here. But we're looking at this authority. He says, I pray that you would understand. This is incredibly important. James 4:7 says this about the authority that you and I have. We already see that he says, I pray that you would understand the authority. This is the same power that's available to you and I is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It says this in James 4:7. It says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He'll flee from you, not because you're special, but because of the authority that you have in Jesus' name. So We we have that ability, but understand this spiritual law. Here it is. God gives authority to those who are submitted to his authority. Probably not a huge revelation. Okay, you're like, well, yeah, I'll I'll submit to God. That, That makes sense. We find this all through scripture. Everywhere we go, all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam was given dominion in the garden, and we see it in Genesis 2. But in Ge- what we also see is that God subject Adam to authority when he said, you can eat from any tree except the tree in the middle, the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Adam had to submit to God's authority. in order. Th- this is the spiritual law. If you want authority, you will be submitted to authority. In, do- in having a tree that Adam could not touch, Adam then had to put himself in and under God's authority. If God had simply said, anything and everything, it's an all free for all, there would be no authority for him to submit under. So God, in doing this, put Adam under authority. This is all through, all through scripture, over and over. So we need to submit to God's authority. We already read it in James 4, 7. But then I want you to real quick, please do not answer this out loud. (laughs) Do not answer this out loud. But ask yourself this question. Are you submitted to God? Okay, just just, just think about it. Now, in some ways, it can be easy to be like, yes, I'm submitted to God. Because he's, he's, he's God. And although he's in this room, he's not really in this room. So let me, let me ask it another way. Um, are you submitted to God? When the, when the Bible says that we need to forgive, are you, do you have some people that you need to forgive that you haven't forgiven? Now, we're going to ask that question again, but first let's read, let's read Romans 13 together, and it says this. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So let me ask again, are you submitted to God? Because here it says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, you're like, oh, okay, why? Why do, we, why do we need to do this? Because they're appointed by God. So here's what that is. That is delegated authority. It's delegated authority. It's, it's like when the kids were little and we'd have a babysitter come over, we'd be like, okay, you need to listen to the babysitter. And we'd tell the kids, if you disobey the babysitter, you're disobeying mom and dad because we're telling you, you need to listen to the babysitter. Like, like it, it's delegated authority, and for the most part, they did. And sometimes they, they you come back, and the babysitter's like, no, they, they didn't listen, and you're like, okay, that didn't work. And and then there was the one time, the one time that um, our, we had a babysitter come, and we were actually we were waiting for the babysitter, and the babysitter just kept not showing up, and 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 finally we got a, we got a hold of of the babysitter, it was a youth, and we got a hold of her, and she's like, well, um, actually, I did I did come to your house, and we're like, but we're here, what happened? Are you here now? And she's like, no. And we're like, um, what happened? And she's like, well, I came to the door, um, but Avery came out. And how old was Avery? Avery was four. And she's like, well, Avery came out and told me that you didn't need me anymore and that you guys were here, so I left. (laughs) And I'm like, so the four-year-old told you to go, and you did. Like, uh... (laughs) Mm, uh, we might need to rethink our, <laughs> our babysitter choices here. Okay. Who's got the authority in this picture? Uh, anyways, right? So delegated authority, we have pictures of delegated authority in our lives that we can recognize. But do, have, have you thought about before the fact that those that are in authority are God's delegated Authority, that's, that's, that's what they're operating in. Now, understand this. Um, I don't like this, in case you're wondering. I don't. I, I don't like this, um, and as, as, as I'm preaching and, and, and preparing for this and praying about this, um, I'm convicted about some stuff. Uh, I, I, I most definitely am um, I should probably be sitting down, and you guys can be sitting higher. I'm on a stage so you can see me, not because I'm getting this right all the time, but especially in this area. I have been been convicted by a lot of this because authority is appointed by God, and rebellion against authority is rebellion against God. And understand this, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. We don't get to pick and choose what part of our life we want to make him Lord over. Well, I want you to be Lord over my marriage, but not my business, because my business is just different, and this is business. It's like, no, no, he's either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Well, yeah, in some areas, but in this area, I know better. But no, that's, that's not what we do at all. And this is clear through Scripture. 1 first, first Timothy 2.13 says this, for the Lord's sake, whose sake? The Lord's, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state, like like submit to all human authority. Now, does anybody bristle just a little bit besides me when when, when you hear that? Like I bristle, I bristle. Oh, I'm bristling right now, you can't tell. But it, it, it's like, really? It's like, do I just listen and, and do every single thing? That every governor and president tells me to do every, every do, do I have to listen to all of this? Like, we, we've recently come out of this thing where our, some of our leaders and governors are like, hey, close the churches. You guys can't meet anymore. Don't do this anymore. Is that, is that, is that what we're meant to do? Is that, is that what I'm supposed to do? Just do whatever they say when they say it? Um, let me tell you a lot of what, what this is this morning. What I want to do is I want to give you, to help you to make some decisions, and this is not as black and white as I wish it was. I I love black and white. I I really, really do. like, this is what's okay, and this is what's not. Like, don't do it. Done. But I want to give you some tools to make decisions with, to make decisions with, because my goal is that you would walk in the authority that God has for you, but in order to walk into it, we read it. And I'm going to say it over and over, it's James 4, 7, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee. If you skip step one, do not even worry about step two, it ain't going to work. Because step one is submit to God. And if authority is God's delegated authority here on earth, then how should I respond? What position should we take in it? And what should we do? Do we just do everything? Everything. That we're told to do well remember this for every mile of road there's two miles of ditch okay we do not want to be in the ditch we want to be in the middle uh paul who wrote the book of ephesians that we're reading right now again under the inspiration of the holy spirit i said he wrote it but he wasn't the author that was god he wrote four at least four books of the bible from prison Usually, you don't end up in prison unless you're breaking some laws or making people in authority <laughs> mad. And he, that, that's where he is in, the, in prison. He's writing parts of the Bible. So you read that and you're like, well, wait a second. What, what, what is this? And what am I supposed to do with this? 1 Peter 2.14, as we continue, it says, we're to honor this authority and the officials he has appointed for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong. And to honor those who do right. So the police, these, these centurions that were putting Paul in prison, it's like, honor them. And yet, you're, you're not doing what they said. I love the police. I, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for the men and women who get up and they have to wear a gun so I can choose to or not choose to. That they put themselves up and say, hey, we'll be, we will stand in the way of those who want to do evil at the cost of whatever, but we will be the line that they stop at. I'm so thankful for them. I absolutely am. And yet Paul's like, they put me here. I'm I'm in prison. Verse 15, it is God's, it is God's will that our honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish uh, (laughs) acquisitions. No. I'm not buying something. Accusations. Thank you, Avery. Come on. Against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves, so don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Verse 17. Respect everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Respect the king. So I want to spend some time here is is looking at how we as believers are to honor God and those who are in authority, how do we honor them when they're wrong, and where do we, is, is there a lot, how do we honor them and honor God, especially when those who are in authority are not living or honoring God? What is it that we do? Number one, let's look at this right here. This is 1 Peter, this is this verse 17, it says, respect the king. Now, this respect word here, what is that supposed to look like? What is it? Well, if we go to the Greek, it's this tomeo. And here's what it means. It says, properly assign value. Give honor as it reflects to the personal esteem, value, or preciousness attached to it by the beholder. Here's what that means. It means That the beholder attaches it. It is not a value that is earned or justified by the person. It's a value given by me, by you. That when we are to respect the king, respect those that are in authority, it's we give this value, not that they earn it, not that they earn it. We are to respect the king, but we fear God. It says, fear God. Proverbs 29, 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. In Luke, Jesus is talking in verse 12, verse 4, and he says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, and after that, do nothing more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him whom, after the body has been killed, has the authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And that's talking about God. We are to... Honor those in authority and obey unless it contradicts the higher authority and the highest authority is God. The highest authority is God. Philippians 2 says this, it says, therefore God elevated him, talking about Jesus, to a place of the highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Revelations 19 says this about him. It says that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So yes, we honor and we obey, but not when it contradicts God's word. And we have instances of this, and here's what we'd probably call it today. It it, it would be civil disobedience in God's God's word. We we have instances of this. Peter was instructed to not preach, and he did. And so they go out and they rest him again, and they bring him In verse 27, it says this, Acts chapter 5, verse 27, says, They brought the apostles before the high council, where the high priest confronted them. He says, We gave you strict orders never again to teach this man's name. He said, Instead, you fill Jerusalem with this teaching about him. And you want to make us responsible for the death? And this is the response. Peter's response is in verse 29. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to stop preaching. You can put me in jail. He's like, you can put me in jail. And we, we know that he was. he was. He was imprisoned as well. He was beaten. He's like, but, but I'm going to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we see this through Scripture. In Exodus... We see Egyptian midwives, that Pharaoh is like, hey, there's too, many, there's too many Hebrew boys being born. So a law is passed because Pharaoh said it. It's like, it would be like a law today. He's like, here's what I want you to do. I want you to kill all the baby boy, boys that are born. You can, you can let the girls live, but kill the baby boys. But this is what it says about the midwives. It says this in verse 16, not verse 17. Exodus 1, verse 17, but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. And in verse 20, it says, So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply. These midwives said, We will will not do it. What is that? It's civil disobedience. They're like, We're not going to kill this. We're not going to do it. Moses' mother, Pharaoh follows it up and he says, fine, if we can't kill them in birth, we're just going to throw them into the Nile. Literally, we're going to take these babies and we're going to feed them to a bunch of crocodiles. Moses' mother, the Bible says, is like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I'm sure there were more. But the account that we read is Moses' mom. And Moses' mom is like, no, I'm hiding the baby. And so she hides the baby, she, she disobeys, she's like, I'm not going to kill it, no, I'm not going to murder, I'm not going to do it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told this, there were three officials, and they were officials, they were high-ranking officials actually, and Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler, says this, he builds a 90-foot statue and is like, hey, here's what we're going to do, we're going to worship this statue. This is all of his officials. He says, when the music, when you hear the music, you are all to bow down and to worship the statue. And he says, if you don't, I'm going to throw you, you will be killed. You'll be thrown into a furnace, you will be killed. So, so when the music plays, bow down to this. But there's, there's a couple officials, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they get together and they're like, hey, this is, this is a big deal. What should we do? And did they get together and be like, you know what, we're, we're in positions of authority and we have some influence and this isn't very good, but you know what we could do? We, we could do this, but in a result of this, we, if we do bow down here, we'll, we'll get to keep these positions of authority and then we might be in positions to change these laws, so, so let's just do it. No, they didn't do that. That's, that's not what they did. In fact, they said, no, we will not do it. So in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar said to these three who would not bow down, he says, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the golden statue I have set up? He says, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. Now, I'm reading between the lines here, and this isn't in the Bible, but it sounds like Nebuchadnezzar Thinks he made a mistake. It sounds like he's like, I don't want to kill these guys. I already said that I would kill them, but I'll give them another chance because I really don't want to kill them. These guys are getting it done. They're great in the positions. They're leaders in my kingdom. I need these guys. So he gives them another chance. I'll give you one more chance to bow down. I have made you need to bow down. He says, but if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? so what did they do? Did they yell back, screw you, whatever. Ah! You stick their tongues out? No. I want you to notice what they did. They did not bow down, but we're going to, go to, we're going to go to verse 16. But guess what they did do? They said this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. They're about to, if this goes wrong, they're going to die. They didn't flip the bird. They didn't scream. They didn't yell. That's not what we see. This is what we see. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, that didn't work. Was, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing here. I want to finish it on this. Okay, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, in the bed and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Verse 17. They said, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace and God whom we serve is able to save us, He will rescue us from your power and your majesty. He's like, no, we will never do what you want us to do. We just won't do it. Verse 18, but even if he doesn't, our God's able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you've set up. They don't flip out. They don't freak out. They're just like, look. They remained honoring of authority but refused to follow the command. They're like, we're not going to do it. They didn't scream. They didn't yell. They just said, we won't do it. We will not do it. Mary and Joseph, there's examples of this all over where people stand up against Mary and Joseph, they had baby Jesus and an angel comes and says, look, Pharaoh is going to seek to kill Jesus, leave and go to Egypt, Herod. He's like, look, you got to go, you got to go. So they move away to get out from under evil authority. There's people doing that all over today. They're like leaving states like mad. They're like, we're moving. Because they're like, we don't like those in authority and we haven't been able to change it. So they get out and they move from it. And in many times, that's what we should be doing. It's like, okay, we're going to do our best to change it. If I can't, Moses, they hid and they, they stayed in these situations and sometimes they had options, sometimes they didn't. Mary and Joseph took baby Jesus and said, we're leaving, we're going to go somewhere else. Daniel in the Bible, you may be familiar with him, but Daniel in the Bible, there's some people that don't like him and they're like, dude, this guy's awesome. We can't find anything that he's done wrong. We've gone through all of his old social media posts and those are all clean and we're digging up over here. No neighbors that'll say anything about him. We don't have anything on any security cams anywhere. What are we supposed to do? And they're like, I know what we can do. Let's pass a law that he can't pray to his God because we know he does three times a day. He won't stop, and then, then we'll get him. So they do. So they do. They get a law passed that you cannot pray to anyone. You can't pray to anyone except the king. And they just sit and wait because they know exactly what Daniel's going to do. And Daniel defied the law. And said, no, I'm going to pray. And so he went just like he always did, the Bible says. That he didn't alter anything. It says just like he he, he had done. That he went and he bowed down and he said, I'm going to pray. And he was hauled off and like, we're going to feed you to some lions. And when the king saw him, the king knew that he had been tricked. But he couldn't alter his own law. They disobeyed. They disobeyed. They said, we're we're just, we're going to honor God. We're going to honor God. We, again, I told you towards the beginning that this is not going to be a super incredible black and white. This is how you do it. What I want to do is give you tools to help you to make decisions in how we do it. The examples that we see over and over in Scripture is that we honor authority. But there's a higher authority, and when that authority disagrees with God's authority, we're like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to honor God. And I can say with, without any thought of the fact that it, with, with pretty, with clear certainty that you are going to, you're going to need to know how to honor authority and yet honor God above that authority. As we watch our world go cray-cray, um, you, you may have read uh, last, last week in the news, uh, one of the churches in California that wouldn't close. Our government said, um, we know what's best and, and you need to close and, and you cannot have services and, and trust us, we know what's good for you. We can't tell you what a boy or a girl is or who a woman is, but we know how to keep you safe. And so they closed churches. And this church, Calvary Church, was like, we're not going to close. And they said, you have to wear masks. And they're like, if they want to, they can. And recently a judge came and said, you need to pay $1.2 million. The church about 5600 six hundred, about the same size that we are. That a judge said, ordered them to pay $1.2 million for breaking, uh, for, for holding church, for having church, and disregarding what, what the government said. So you look at that and you think, Okay, well, what, what should they have done? Because di- didn't it say like, that we're just to obey all authorities? And, and to just simply do what it says? Yeah, but there's a higher authority. Yeah. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not neglect gathering together as some have made the habit, but let us encourage one another in all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. The um, Bible says that we gather together. If we need to go underground. We go underground. We figure out a way, but we gather, because this is what God's Word says. And if people are dying left and right, then the thing that they need, Jesus, that's that's it. That's what they need, left and right, center, back, everywhere. They need Him more, more, absolutely more, not less. So what do I think the church should have done? I'll just tell you real clear what I think the church should have done. open their doors wider, not closed a single one. And just said, no, God's word says, do not neglect gathering together. And if you don't want to come, don't come. But we're going to be open. You are like, well, what about safety? Think about this with me. This is written, Jerusalem is still saying, shortly after this is written in the Bible, shortly after this, the Romans came and attacked Jerusalem. They were taking Christians, feeding them to wild animals, killing them, impaling them on stakes and lining roads with Christians. You want to talk about the dangers of going to church, we don't neglect gathering together. We, we're going we're gonna to find a way and we're going to do it. Now, I'm not saying, hey, you're, you're sick and you're spewing something nasty and you, maybe you're like an alien and suddenly your spits become like, I don't know, acid. I don't really see how that's going to happen. But you're not feeling good. I'll come pray for you. I don't care what you got. Absolutely. Why? Because the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's why. We honor those that are in authority. And the Bible says that that honor, is it something that we put on them? And yes, authority gets it wrong. They're not always going to get it right. And it's going to happen where they get it completely, completely wrong. Paul, in Acts, we have the account of Paul. He's standing in front of a council. says this in Acts 23, verse 1. Gazing intently at the high council, Paul began, brothers, he says, I've always lived before God with a clear conscience. Instantly, Ananias, the high priest commanded those close to Paul to slap him on the mouth. But Paul said to him, I love this, God will slap you, you corrupt hypocrite. <laughs> I'm like, come on. And then he goes on and he says, what kind of a judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me to be struck like that? And those standing near Paul said to him, do you dare insult God's high priest?" And I want you to read verse 5 with me. And here's what he says. He says, I'm sorry, brothers. I did not realize that he was the high priest. But the scripture says, you must not speak evil of any of your rulers. Paul was right. The high priest was wrong. But Paul's like, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to honor the position that you're in. I think this is going to be an incredibly hard thing to do. I'm reading through this and I'm like, I, I don't rant, I don't rave on social media about much. Okay, don't even really get on. Most of the time I, I log into Facebook to look at something and I get the welcome back because I, I got onto the marketplace. Um, but I'm like, man, I feel convicted about some of the things that I've said about some of our leaders just some of the language that I've used. It's like, mmm, but it's true! But yet, Paul knew it was true. But when he found out who it was, he says, I'm sorry, I didn't realize who that was. He says, I didn't realize. We can honor the position and disagree in an honoring manner. We can honor the position without blindly doing whatever it is that we're instructed to do. We're meant to serve and we follow God. And those in authority here are his delegates. They are are operating in his delegated authority. And when they step outside of it, this is why I think it's so important that we know what God's word is because then we will realize when they are stepping outside of it. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's knowing. The number one thing that we do is we serve God. And we can honor and obey those that are in authority over us. But when it it contradicts what God's word says, we can still be honoring, but not obey. But if you want to walk in the authority that God has for you, that Paul's praying about here and he's like, look, I pray that you would understand this great power that's available. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. But it starts with submitting to God. So let me ask, it's not just God's authority, it's his delegated authority. Are you submitted to God's authority? Maybe you're like me, you've got some things that you've said that you're like, you just need to apologize for. You need to repent and be like, God, I've said some things, you know they're true, but I shouldn't have said it that way. I wasn't honoring of your authority that you maybe need to repent of. Maybe you've got some posts that you just might want to sneak in there and just try to delete. You know, once it's on the internet, it's really there forever. But you're like, I can do my best and make it a little harder to find because maybe I shouldn't have said some of those things. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Step one is we honor God and we honor God by honoring those that he has put in authority. Doesn't mean we blindly follow everything that is said. And there's a whole lot deeper that you can go, well, what about speed limits? And when I break the speed limit, you're like, yeah, but then, do you know how they adjust the speed limit? They adjust the speed limit by checking the speed of the cars on the road and then they adjust it to those speeds of the cars that are on the road. So if you don't speed, they'll never raise the speed limit. I remember I read that and I was like, I'm so confused right now. So my intent is to not say this is exactly how you have to but instead to I want to open your mind and your heart to the fact that when we honor those in authority we're honoring God. To think twice about the way that you're speaking and your heart is positioned against those that you disagree with who are in authority. And to always remember that the highest authority is God. And if he's not Lord of all he is not Lord at all. Make him the Lord of all of your life, every area. If you need to repent, it's as simple as praying. Saying, God, I've said some things I shouldn't. Forgive me. Help me to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Slow to post and less typing, maybe, or whatever you need to do. Maybe not liking just every one of those snarky, funny meme things that comes through. You're like, no. God, I'm gonna honor those that you have an authority and realize the spiritual law that God gives authority to those who are under authority. Would you bow your heads, please, and let's pray. If you're here today and you say, I need to repent for some attitudes towards authority. Maybe you're like me and you're like, I did not realize the weight. I did not realize the position that they had in God's kingdom. And you're like, I need to repent. Of some things that I've said, maybe posts, whatever it is. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Just lift your hand right now and say, that's me. I need to repent some things that I have said and done. Awesome. Hands down. God, I just pray right now for those that have lifted their hands. God, their desire is to honor you. And we realize, we understand that those that are in positions of authority, that they're walking in God, That as we honor them, we honor you. As for forgiveness, help us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. To honor you and bring you glory in all that we do. In Jesus' name. If you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd love the opportunity to lead you in prayer this morning. I said, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for you. If that's you in this room online, to count three, I want you to lift your hand and right in your seat, we're going to pray. Get ready. Get ready. One, you say, I want to be forgiven. I want to be set free. I want to walk out the plan and purpose that he has for me. One, two, three. Shoot it up right now and say, that's me. Today is my day. Awesome. Thank you. I put that hand down. Would everybody just repeat after me whether you're in this room or not you're listening or watching wherever you are, if you raised your hands as you say these words, make them your own. Everybody out loud, let's just pray this together. If you lifted your hand, if that's you, as you say these words, make them your own. Let's all pray together. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. I believe that you came, that you shed your blood, and you died for me. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.